Hey, this is Andrew Stone, the production director and senior audio engineer at Church on the Move in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this is the Practical Worship Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Practical Worship Podcast. I'm Dave Dolphin, and this show was created to help you lead a worship band and be a leader of people. And we release a new episode on the first Friday of every month. So make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on whatever app you use to listen to your podcast, whether that's Apple or Google or Stitcher or anything like that. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode three, and today we're going to hear from Andrew Stone. He's been the production director at Church on the Move in Tulsa, Oklahoma for almost 15 years. And before that, he's been known to run sound and tours for national acts like Third Day for pretty Pretty much all of his adult life. So this is what he does. And what I think is so special about Andrew is that he really is a pastor to tech people. He understands the tech person and their needs, and he understands his role as a shepherd and as a pastor. And there are very few people that I think can do that like he does. And for those of us that are worship pastors and creative types, there's a lot that we can learn from him when it comes to leading and caring for the tech people that are on our teams that are running sound or running lights or running pro presenter. So several years ago, I was getting a tour of the production floor at Church on the Move where Andrew and his team live. And I saw this dry erase board and on it, it had what was called the COTM ethos on it. And here's what it said. I'm going to go through all 10. Number one, believe that you're the right person for the job. Number two, details are what take us from good to great. Number three, always have a backup plan. Four, you never have to ask permission to take responsibility. Five, adults don't have to give excuses. Six, be prepared. Number seven, don't be afraid to speak your mind. Just know the right time to speak it. Eight, Learn how to be respectful and communicate like an adult. Number nine, don't be a yes man. And 10, God designed each day with exactly enough hours to complete everything we need to accomplish. Now, this conversation you're about to hear is not us going through what these 10 things mean. I actually think they're they're pretty self-explanatory. What I really wanted to hear is where did all of this come from and how it has clearly defining the expectations like this in this form, how has that helped his team? So that's the conversation. Not so much the what, but the why and the how. But first, the product of the month is the Elite Core Headphone Extension Pack. A lot of us are using in-ear monitors, and we have those little personal mixers uh, next to us, next to our position, and we run that cord from that mixer up to our headphones. But here's the problem, is that you have this connection where your headphones meet up with that cord, and you know sometimes I might like loop it through my back belt loop on my pants, or sometimes you just let it hang there, but then now your headphones are kind of tugging on the back of your head, and it's nice to have a pack that has a clip that can clip onto your clothings that can kind of take the stress off of that connection. If you're wireless, if you have a wireless pack, that little wireless receiver it does that for you. You have a pack, a little wireless receiver. It has a, a little clip that you can put on your clothing, on your belt, or on your dress, or whatever. And then you have a place to put your headphones, and it takes the pressure off of that connection where your headphones are meeting meeting up with uh, with that pack. 
if you're wired in and you're wired into a cable, that makes it a little, little bit harder. And so these Elite Core headphone extension packs do that. So it's a little box, and on one end you plug your headphones in, on the other end you plug in this XLR connection, and there's an XLR cable that converts that to like a tip ring sleeve. Uh, headphone jack like you'd normally see on a mixer so that cable comes from your mixer and then you just walk up to your position take the xlr in snap it into your into your little pack that's already on your clothing you already have your headphones right at your clothes and all that kind of stuff and it makes that super super easy and then when you're done you just hit the quick release uh, on the xlr connection and you disconnect that and it just makes that whole process of wearing in ears so much easier they have a version that uh, is just the just the box itself and they have one that also has a volume control on it if you would like that and these are really helped our team just to solve that one problem it's it's kind of the product that you don't realize you need until you start using it and you can go to uh, practicalworshipblog.com slash amazon and you can find links to these two products along with a few others that we use on the team get more information make purchases and things like that i'll also put it down in the show notes and now here's my conversation with andrew stone if you, and again if you want to find show notes to all the things that we're talking about and links and pictures and all of that you can go to practicalworshipblog.com slash podcast three Andrew Stone, welcome to the show. Man, thanks for having me, Dave. Glad to be here. Hey, so, okay, when I was getting ready for all this, I just want you to know, like, I, I, when I knew that I was going to, you know, get a chance to talk with you, I, I've had the 80s playlist going on Spotify yes. all all day. I just feel like I needed that to, like, get ready. Like, I'm, I'm looking you through, do. I'm looking through, like, Phil Collins, Def Leppard, Flock of Seagulls, Billy Joel, yes, uh, Bro. 90125. So I feel like I'm ready. And you know what? I bet today you feel like a better person because of this music. <laughs> I I feel like we're kindred spirits in that. Like yeah, it's man. just, you know, I have a 90s playlist that every now and then I'll, I'll jump over there cuz you know, Matchbox 20 and and uh Sugar Ray and you know and you Some know TLC yeah, stuff like that. All, I mean, yeah. I, I you need that, but um oh, and I'm and, and I I know you're more of the glam rock guy. I like I I lean <laughs> I lean new wave. I'm like human league and aha. And that's, I'm okay with that. That's I, I my tell you jam. What, that's uh I get so many ideas from listening to eighties music, man. Yeah. But dude, I, someone texted me yesterday. No lie. An old touring buddy that I'm still close with. And he reminded me, uh, he said he was in his car listening to the eighties channel and a certain song came on by Chicago. Yeah. Like, Whatever, one of the big cool hits they had in the eighties, and uh, he said, "I just had to text you because I remember that day in whatever city at whatever church we were at, and you pulled that out and we're listening to it on the PA as you were dialing in the rig, um, and the the pastor like is running across the auditorium <laughs> to get over to me to say, uh, yep, I sure like Chicago, but they sure aren't going to be played in this auditorium.'" And he said, you immediately turned it off and turned on Prince. (laughs) (laughs) And he just texted me out of the blue. And I was like, this is like the coolest thing I've ever been reminded of right now. But, dude, it started started way back, my love affair with the 80s. (laughs) 
That's awesome. Okay, I remember a couple of years ago that I was getting a tour of Church on the Move and specifically the the production floor, and I saw a lot of cool things. But there's one thing that piqued my curiosity, and it was this dry erase board. Kind of seemed like it was in the middle of nowhere. It's just down this hallway somewhere, and on it it said the COTM production ethos and it was and it was your handwriting i recognized it because it looked like an engineer's and uh, <laughs> right. and so I, I saw that and i snapped a picture i'm gonna put that in the sh- show notes because i mean you you have yeah. now a, a like a, like it's actually like a framed created piece of art i saw that in your office back right. in the fall like it this thing has stayed but i remember like back in the day and i remember seeing this and i was like this is this is ingenious. This is, you know, it just being able to kind of yeah. cast some vision and and put that together. So I wanted to take a moment and just kind of talk about, like, not only what it is. We can certainly go through, you know, some of these. I'll put the whole list up on the show notes yeah. if you want to check it out. But, I, you know, I want to talk about, like, what brought you to a place yeah. that said that you walked in one day and said, I'm writing this down. Well, it's interesting because some of the things on the list speak for themselves. They don't need a huge explanation. So, I've man, I I travel a lot and speak to a lot of people, and and I'm fortunate to be able to do that. I have talked on this topic uh, to all kinds of people, creatives, production, uh, school faculty at a public school, at a Christian school, again, all kinds of people to a room full of pastors. It applies to everybody. It's really not a oh, if you want to be a great production person or a great the greatest. Um, you know, creative that's ever walked the halls of your church. You should pay attention to these. It's just things that make sense. You know, when you, there's always this thing in my head and and I know this, you know, might be kind of, uh, this could be taken the wrong way, but I hope whoever's listening, you know, here's the spirit in which I say it. I walk around a lot of the time and I'm truly not being judgmental, but I walk around a lot of the time going, you can do better. You meaning whoever I'm, if I'm at a drive-thru, if I'm at an airport, God forbid, the person at the hotel desk is screwing it up because I travel a lot. God forbid they screw up my room. I mean, how many times do you think I've checked in and out of hotels in my career? So they can do better, right? So that's in my head a lot. And I know that some people might go, well, you're just an elitist. No, honestly, we can all do better. I can do better. You see potential. Yeah, you can do better if you would just pay attention that I ordered the taco with no cheese. Don't put cheese on it. It All you have to do is just read it. It's right there on the screen in front of you. It's not that hard. Okay, so now that you know how my brain works. Um, so I guess that scares people. Anytime I'm having a conversation, they're going, oh, no, he's just going to talk about how I can do better. Um, perhaps, but I might be realizing how I can do better as well. So this, this core values is stuff. Um, now I'm going to take us back. We talked about eighties. I'm going to take us back to the eighties. Dave in the eighties, we didn't have cell phones, smartphones. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have, surely didn't have smartphones. We, there was nothing called a stylus. There was no internet. Um, none of that stuff. So I lived with a graph paper tablet. In fact, I think I have one uh, in my desk drawer right now. That was what I carried around all the time. It was in my bags. It was all that. So, you know, I would just make notes and keep keep track of what's going on. When I knock something out, I draw a line through it. 
that's how I lived. If I got a page pretty much taken care of, I would rewrite the things that I wanted to remember onto the next page, tear that one off and go on. Okay. This core values are things that I had written down over years and years and years of graph paper tablets. And I had rewritten them to transpose them from one page to another. So it wouldn't go in the trash. And it just became, it kind of culled down to this list of things that meant something to me, for instance, uh, and not going through all of them, but the very first one, and these aren't necessarily in, in best order. They're all important, but there's 10 of them. This first one is believe that you're the right person for the job. Now that's not deep thoughts with Jack Handy. That's just believe you're the right person for the job. Um, it's no mistake that you're on the team you're on having the unwavering knowledge that God put all of us here for a specific time and purpose is paramount to your success. Pretty simple, right? Mm -hmm. But how many times do we need to be reminded of that and we don't have it near us? Like how many times do you get caught in a thing in the day and just go, oh man, this sucks. I am doubting myself. I don't know. Stop. What's core value number one? Hmm. Believe that you're the right person for the job. God is so cool that he knows the situation you're in and he put you exactly there for a reason. Now, sometimes we think the reason is for us, which is the selfish part of just us being human. Wouldn't it be great if um, all this worked out the perfect way that I needed to work out for me? Perhaps, yes, that would be great. But what if you're in this place for somebody else? What if the only reason I'm working at a church in the middle of Oklahoma and I turn down all this, you know, my quote unquote ticket to fame from living in a cooler place and hanging out with all these cool people and flying all over the world. What if I'm here for the only reason, but to help somebody else and I gain nothing from it. I'm working at a church, so I'm certainly not getting rich, but right. I mean, there's just a way to look at it. If I read this, this core value, believe it, you're the right person for the job. It, it encompasses all kinds of stuff that makes quality merit out of what you do day in and day out. It gives you the confidence to, yes. to, to be able to move forward and, and, and that confidence grounded in the right thing. Right. So these things I wrote down were things I wrote to myself. The second one, details are what take us from good to great. Well, but you've seen that around our, you've seen me write about that. I've oh, yeah. talked about it. That is a basic tenet of how we do production here and how we just live. And that doesn't mean that's not anything, but just that, that encompasses the whole, you can do better details. Just pay attention to details. Find one detail that you missed yesterday and you've already done better. I mean, that's easy. I don't care if you're cleaning a house or if you're running a large scale production or you're a singer, find one thing that you can, one detail you can do better today than yesterday and you've already improved. It's stuff like that. So that list came from um, me just writing it to myself. And I don't just, sometimes I just think about it and go, man, that's good. I need to remember that. Um, you never have to ask permission to take responsibility. I don't know. I've thought that I wrote it down and rewritten it down from page to page to page for years. So I finally just sort of had all this stuff and I put it all together 
and I happen to be here at Church on the Move. I happen to be in a leadership position. I happen to be responsible for, you know, the work lives and, and to the spiritual lives to a certain degree of this big team and interns and all this stuff. And we have high demands on us. And I thought, you know, what? I'm going to share this. And it was a little weird. So when I, when I wrote it on the board, I wrote it late one night. I was just sitting here looking through some old notes. And I went up there and I wrote it on the board. And everybody came in the next morning for a devotional. We have a team devotional once a week. And I think it was like a Wednesday morning. And I was already here in my office. So I wrote it down, went home, didn't think much about it. Came in early like I normally do. Everybody comes in and normally it's mostly dudes. Normally they're, you know, messing around and jacking around and laughing and all that. Dude, the room is silent. And you've been here. It's out in our kind of bullpen where just everybody just finds a desk and a chair and it's kind of on mobile, you know, mobile works mobile and with laptops and stuff. They're all like reading this. Like, I think they're terrified. It's like, what does this mean? What's going to happen? Are we going to be, did we do uh, something wrong? Yeah. Are we going to be branded? What's going to happen? Um, <clears throat> and so I went out and just started going through them. And I said, guys, I want to share. And, I, and so in a longer form, I shared kind of what I shared here of why those meant something to me. And we went through all 10 of them and it honestly, it's been life changing to the DNA of our team. And it's not, a. Uh, it's not because there's some magic words. Uh, it would, would have been awesome if I had said, you know, the Holy Spirit came down in the middle of the night and wrote them on the board for me, you know, or something. That certainly didn't happen. But it's one of those things where it just made sense. So you share that with, the, you know, with the team and you and you hand that over. Uh, so at what point did you notice that they were starting to get it? I, I noticed it when one of the guys came to me and said, um, is it possible to make these into a little, uh, like laminated, like backstage pass sized, you know, uh, badge that could hang on a lanyard. And I think we need to start giving these out to all of our volunteers. And, you know, we've got, it depends on the, on what's going on, but we've got, uh, I don't know anywhere from 150 to 300 volunteers, just depending on the time of year or whatever, just for production. And that's a lot to manage. And that's, there's a lot going on all that, but uh, we all have those issues. They're just scaled, you know, to the size. And I was like, wow, are you sure? I, I shared it with the staff and, and he said, and I shared it with the staff cause I could kind of explain it. He goes, these don't need explanation. We need to let this be an ethos, if you will, for what we do, you know, as a team, meaning let's go farther than just the staff. Let's go to our volunteers and, and all that. So that's one of the first times when I was like, okay, these mean something. Here's another time I started noticing this. Maybe it was probably a year after I had introduced this and we'd really started talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. I think we'd had a couple seeds conferences go by just all that. And somebody did something and somebody just responded to him with, Hey, number three. And even I was like, what is he talking about? Number three. And he just points up to the board, like what's number three. And the guy turned around and it said, always have a backup plan. 
And the guy was sitting there. He was giving excuses. So that's number five. And he was talking about whatever happened. He didn't have a backup plan. And I didn't say anything. I was just going, huh, they're getting it. They're like live, live in this thing. And they're actually using these items as like a moniker of the day, sort of, of who screwed up or who, uh, you know, like one of them is do not be a yes man. That comes up all the time. Like number nine, uh, in a meeting, if someone just blindly is like, uh, huh, uh, huh," and nodding their head in agreement. And I'll even look at them and be like, do you even know what I'm talking about? Like you're 18. How do you know what I'm talking about? Are you just nodding? Well, I figured you're the boss. So, you know, that, 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 I'm like, holy crap. Number nine, but the whole team starts using these numbers as a way to remind each other of this, this list. And it actually, it's kind of helped keep them accountable to it. Well, every, you know, at the end of the day, everyone wants to know what it means to be successful, you know, whatever the target is, whatever the win, you know, we've gathered to do this thing. I think it's why we like, you know, sports so much because you can watch a football game and you know if you are winning or losing. And right. and you can even dr- drill down right. and say, "Okay, we're losing because of this, because of offense or defense or whatever it is." Right. Uh, but you know, when it comes to something as ambiguous as leading worship, it gets a little bit fuzzier in terms of like right. what is the win. So the more you can define that and 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 you can even say, "Okay, how are we failing?" Not like you're a failure, but like, "Okay, we can like you like you started. You can do better in this area and we all right. want to improve." Exactly. I mean, and when you when you really think about something like leading worship, that's a great one. How do you know when you've won? How do you know what success is? Is it people rushing to the stage because they've been so overcome with your worship prowess that, that they just have to come down and, and, you know, ball and, and be broken on the steps of the stage. That's probably not happening. Or that guy in the back that that counts all the hands, you know, we were at, we were at 57% hand raised this weekend. That's down five percentage points. Yeah. You really had a suck weekend, but you, if you can tr- take some of this stuff and that's what I was trying to give to our team is go, these things have meant a lot to me because I've spent most of my life working, uh, being alone. Now I don't mean I'm married and been married for t- almost 22 years, but it's, it's, uh, when you're a leader, sometimes leadership is lonely a lot of times leadership just, is lonely. And and I think a lot of people talk about that and write about that. But when you experience it, it's different than when you read about it. So things that I wrote like this were things I would read to me to make sure that I didn't lose the faith. And I'm just talking about me out there in a hotel room by myself with very little to no accountability, I could do anything I wanted to do. I could get into any kind of trouble and mischief I wanted to do. You know what I mean? But I could read stuff like that and, and recognize not only was God directing my path, not only was he setting me up to win things that were in front of me, not only was he in charge of everything I was doing, but it was some, some weird reason I would look at some of that stuff and I didn't feel as lonely all of a sudden because I felt like I could understand my place in the universe just a little bit better. 
Sometimes we just need to be reminded. I think that's yeah. why, you know, God will encourage us to read our, our Bibles over and over and over, right. and people go through the Bible again and again in a year, or pastors preach on the same thing. It's we right. for, it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to get wound up, and then you need someone to kind of, you know, pull you back, maybe slap you in the face a little bit and say, hey, look, and kind of right. ground you back again because we get so wound up, and that's any personality type. That's right. And, I, and man, when that when you have someone that'll knock you around a little bit, that's awesome for me in that stage I was in when I wrote most of the stuff and kept it together. I didn't have anybody doing that. I mean, I, I just really didn't. It was really survival of the fittest. And I knew that if I didn't keep my own crap together, that I would not have very long in this, in this field. Right. But I felt this push and this, this, uh, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess that's what it was. Just push from God to do what he had given me an ability to do a unique skill. Very much. Now I don't get on stage and sing and lead people in worship, but I do make it, uh, I do process that and produce that and have a huge hand in it. I just happen to be in the back of the room and I do every now and then get the, get the podium, uh, to be able to talk to tech guys and tech with ladies and all worship leaders, all kinds of people and give them a different perspective. That is a huge, huge thing. So even back then, 20 years ago, I mean, I've been doing this 28 years now, 20 years ago, I'm sitting there going, how do I stay in it for the long haul? And I honestly, 47 is getting to be pretty old for a lot of guys doing this. Right. Um, but I am not done. There's so many, I, I don't look at this as, I don't see an end in sight. I keep going, what's next? What's next? What's next? Just the way I did when I was 25. What's next? I'm excited. What's next? It doesn't mean it's not messy. doesn't mean it's not chaotic. doesn't mean it doesn't suck sometimes. But the cool thing is that most mornings I get up and I've forgotten what happened the day before. It's a new day. God set my steps to do this. He designed today to make it work. He designed today with enough time for me to get everything done. That's cool. And he has me in the right place. All of those things like just became, it's become an ethos for living for me now. And I am totally flawed, totally a loser like anybody else. But at least I can look at that and go, huh, that's pretty cool. And that's a common bond between a tech guy, a pastor, a creative, a singer, the guy who changes my oil that can be a common bond between all of us. It doesn't, it's not something that's unique to us just because we work in a church or serve a church or volunteer at a church. It can be anybody. So it's a, it's a, it's crazy how some of that can be applied to, to anybody in any situation. You know what I mean? Man, I do. That's that's so true. Okay, are you ready for the bonus round? <laughs> okay, hit me with the bonus round. <laughs> okay, we're getting ready. Okay, so here comes the bonus round. We're doing this in three, two, one. Coffee or tea? Tea. Early riser or night owl? Night owl. I'm not shocked. David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar? Sammy Hagar. David Lee was a poser. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to give you that one too. <laughs> Favorite TV or Netflix show? Uh, The Wire. Ooh, good one. Oh, yeah. Uh, how long have you been watching that? Dude, we just got done watching it all five seasons all over again. So since it came out. So it's like, it's the, this is like your second pass on it. It's the best, uh, it's the best cop drama ever made. That's awesome. Favorite social network? Uh, none of them. <laughs> You're on them all, but you don't like any of them. I know. I don't do Facebook at all. I don't, I have no way to get on it. Uh, I think I guess maybe Instagram because at least there's something to look at. Yeah, there's a certain there's a certain vibe to Instagram that it just doesn't doesn't feel as commercial as maybe the others. I agree with that. So, okay, you arrive at an event and there's only two channels of compression. What do you, what gets it? Uh, the lead vocal. And what else? You got one more. Uh, the snare drum. Okay. Because if I can't make the snare. You can't make the snare be felt in your teeth without a compressor. <laughs> What's a hidden talent that you have that only a few people know about? Uh, I sang lead for a rock band for many years, uh, starting when I was like in high school. Was it originals or covers? or? Yeah, we wrote our own stuff, and I sang and played drums. So I thought I was the guy from Night Ranger. <laughs> Sing and play drums. That's awesome. I set up sideways and everything. It was amazing. I love that you went the Night Ranger route and not like yes. the Eagles route or the no. Genesis route. No, it was total Night Ranger, man. If you could give a TED Talk, what would it be about? Uh, you can do better. Hey. That would be my moniker, man. <laughs> I like that. That's the bumper sticker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the bonus round. Well played. Okay, and I think that is a good transition piece because with with everything that we're we're talking about just that you could do better that that we can we can all kind of come together and there are different personality types you know we you know production people kind of make fun of of creatives and creatives work we make fun of the uh, production people Um, i don't know if you've ever worked in a restaurant but the same is true of like the front house you know staff like the the wait staff and the cooks it's a very similar kind of dynamic because one feels like the other one doesn't understand them and and, you know and it's just it's this tension that kind of goes back and forth and i know that you're like in a situation situation where you're the production guy leading a bunch of other production people paid volunteer whatnot that you're trying to like your success is based on how well you uh, you you set up the creatives to be successful so flip that paradigm and let's say that 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 you've got a creative that has been placed in charge of the band the worship band but there's also the people that are running sound or the lights or mm-hmm. pro presenter and things like that and and i i've just i've always seen in churches where there's just this angst that kind of goes back and forth how how is leading tech people different than leading creatives man here's what's crazy is most and i say most i'm generalizing on all of this but in my experience most tech people are introverts to the nth degree not all of them, most. And most creatives are sanguine <laughs> to the nth degree and a personality type where – so right now, right then, you've got – totally got oil and water and they're not going to mix. So when you want to pastor, shepherd, lead, whatever, tech people, that's a big deal. Understanding that a game or doing trust falls – or a ropes course is the worst thing you could 
sentence them with doing, but coming around alongside them and going, I get it. Your act of worship may not be front row arms as wide as they can be spread as high as they can be spread singing to the top of your lungs. That may not be your act of worship. And you know what? It's okay. That's all right. What is it though? Is it standing in the back with your, with your hands crossed or across your chest or hands in your pocket or being a spectator? Cause that doesn't work. So we got to find something, but being able to approach them on that kind of level to go, I get it, man. Let me tell you something. I'm an introvert. I have said many times in jest, but not really that man, my career would have been so great if I didn't have to deal with all the freaking people and audiences. They're the ones who pay me, you know, it's like, what a stupid thing to say, but it's, so that's why it's kind of in jest, but seriously, if I could do what I do in an empty room in the dark with killer sound and killer lights and video and the best band you could think of on stage, wouldn't that be so great? Well, you know what? I lead a team of people that all would think that would be the best thing in the world. Now we know that's not viable. We know that's not even possible. It's not what we're called to do. But being able to get your head around that mentality and go, all right, let me show you another way you can express worship by working in church. Um, It's by doing this. It's by doing this. It's by understanding that you're the funnel that all of that creative work is going to go, is going to move through maybe almost like a sieve. It's going to pass through your hands and helping people understand that just because you're an introvert and you pay attention to details and you are technical, technically minded doesn't mean that you're any less creative or less of a person than the person down on stage who is wearing skinny jeans. Right. Right. I mean, just all of a sudden you just, if you can understand that you can lead them. The people that I see having a hard time leading those people are the ones that immediately want to make them like everybody else. It will not work. God is the only entity that can change somebody. I can't change them. So I've got to come alongside them and embrace them and go, what's it going to take? You know what? When we have people come in and they, they're new to church, they're kind of, kind of weirded out by everything that's going on. I get it. I am too. Just because I put all this together and I lead the teams and, and, and help them find their greatness doesn't mean I agree with every single thing we do, but I am a, I am a company guy and I signed on for this and this is what we're doing and I respect the leadership and this is what we're going to do. When I can talk to kind of a guy who is trying to find out, well, my wife got involved in the nursery and the kids are all involved, but I don't know what to do. When he can come hang out with me for four minutes and see my tattoos and earrings and my kind of rough attitude or, you know, my slang or whatever it is and realize that, dude, you're among friends. Your leather jacket fits. I know that it smells like cigarettes. Not going to judge it. Don't care. Are you safe? Is your, you know, heart in the right place? Do you genuinely want to be here? And are you not going to lie to me? Let me show you a camera. Let me show you an audio rig. Let me show you a lighting console. Let me show you a backstage area. 
and come on board, man, that's how you pastor tech people. It's the other side when you want to make them like everybody else that you're never going to see them again. And I'm telling you, I've been doing this so many years and put together so many teams and I've seen it done so wrong. So when we started stuff here, I fought for it. I fought for it because they had a really crazy um, like form you had to fill out before you could kind of you know be a volunteer. And it was a turnoff. And it was just old school. It wasn't, nobody meant anything wrong. It was just really old. No one had updated it since, since the eighties back when music was great. Um, and so when it came down to going, can we dump this? Yeah, I understand there needs to be a form. We need to make sure people are safe and they're not sexual offenders. I get all that. Can there be a way we can do it where we can actually embrace them on the creative side? Can we actually make this stuff cool where we can embrace the creative who's a little out there? And may not be exactly, you know, they may have blue hair and whatever. So what? I mean, I lived a long time in my life with silver hair, silver, like a silver, like Gandalf. I mean, silver, that was pretty weird. And I saw the looks I got, you know, I didn't care because there were people that I worked with that embraced me anyway. And it was cool. So I look at some of that and just go, we got to, we got to deal with people where they are. And man, when, when we're talking about doing church together, I need those people because that person that I might be able to pull into the group and let be part of the team, they may have a way to communicate with someone else that only they can reach. And I may have, I may have no way to do it. So I need to figure that out. The same on the inverse, same on the creative side. You put people on stage that someone who's out in the seats can go, man, they're fostering a creative culture. I, there's a place for me. I don't know how they're going to use it because I'm only good at playing the bagpipes, but you know what? Maybe they're going to figure out a way. I I don't know. Now, if you are good at playing the banjo, you're screwed because nobody's going to use you. So you better just find out something else to do. At least at, 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 at Church on the Move, this is a true statement. If I have anything to do with it, yeah, it's not going to happen. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Andrew Stone. And uh, if, if you're a banjo player, it's nothing personal. He's just not a fan of that instrument. But if you play the banjo, hit me up. I will always take a banjo player, especially right here in Oklahoma. Stone doesn't know what he's missing. Give me a call. One of the coolest things that Stone does uh, is this thing called Mix You. And it's a one-day event where he and Jeff Sandstrom, uh, who runs sound for Chris Tomlin, and Lee Fields, who does a lot of things with Lincoln Brewster and Bayside Church, the three of them sit in a room in front of their consoles, and they have their tracks of the things that they normally mix on. And you get this up-close-and-personal auditory view on how these three different people mix in a real-world situation. They've also got a great podcast that, if nothing else, encourages the church audio person to know that he or she isn't alone. You can find links to the MixU website, see where if they're going to come to a city near you, or if you're if you're getting ready to go to a conference uh, later this year or maybe next year. A lot of times, 
they will piggyback a MixU event the day before a big conference like Philo or Seeds or, or things like that. You can find links to the website, also the podcast. I'll also put those uh, COTM production ethos uh, and the rest of the show notes for this episode at practicalworshipblog.com slash podcast three. I wanted to share this review of the Practical Worship Podcast with you from E. Lotus. It says, We've been directing the worship ministry at our church for the past six months, and Dave's advice during that time has been invaluable. He has a true heart to serve the global church and to help others to use music as a vehicle of worship more effectively, and we're excited about this podcast. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for saying that. And if, if you're like E-Lotus and you're listening to us on iTunes, would you consider leaving an honest five-star rating and review? I'm not telling you to make up stuff, but if you honestly believe that this is helping you and your ministry and it could help other people, if you enjoyed this podcast, leaving a rating and a review really does help to get the word out. It helps to push this podcast up in the search results. So when people are searching for similar things in their iTunes app, then this one's going to pop up. So the more that we get those reviews, the more we can get the word out and therefore we can help more people. I'm having to hit pause on the YouTube channel. I was already planning to schedule a break in the month of June, but what changed is I don't think I can return in July, not yet. Um, I've got a few things that are requiring my attention, so I need to focus my time there for a bit, but I do still plan on releasing another episode of the podcast the first Friday of July as scheduled. There is one video that you might want to check out if you've missed it. It's called Five Tips to Create the Best Worship Team in Your Monitor Mix. A lot of us are using these in-ear monitor systems for our worship bands, but knowing how to create a good monitor mix is not as instinctual as you might think. It's not just a matter of just getting in there and trying to like please the taste. You need to have a little bit more of a strategy when you approach your mix. So this is something that we talk about with the new members on our team all the time. So I made a video a few weeks ago that shares five tips that I give to my team. There's actually six tips. So I guess you get one for free. This has been the Practical Worship Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dave Dolphin, and let's do this again next month. Yep, I sure like Chicago, but they sure aren't going to be played in this auditorium.